Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to a special edition, uh, another special edition of Classroom Without Walls. So recently, I have been doing a number of training on education, what parents need to know to future-proof their children. And I also have a workbook that accompanies this training. So today is training number five. And uh, so in the last several weeks, uh, on every Tuesday at this time, I go live and uh, I do a training related to education. The first training is the danger of the real danger of an exam based education. And the second training is the truth about your children's social media addiction. And number three is how to uh, five ways to use social media as a career building tool. And number four is last week. And I discussed the biggest challenge facing today's students. So if you missed any of my earlier trainings, please make sure to write down replay links. Or if you remember any of the specific numbers, you can see in the post. And uh, so make sure that you write down the number and uh, I'm going to send you a replay link. Uh, parents, they have been loving this series. And uh, today I'm going to talk about and what has teaching in the in the classroom for 10 plus years taught me about education and success. And so great to see you. And thank you so much, Jerry and uh, Lenzo. Thank you so much for joining me live. I am live on LinkedIn. I'm also live on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, my personal page and my business page. I'm also live on Twitter slash Periscope. So if you are live with me right now, and uh, please do say hi and let me know where you are joining me live from and social media wise and geographically speaking. I think that is the true power of social media and technology because we can really use this to collapse time and space to be in this uh, collaborative space together and learn from each other. I just want to make sure I just want to make sure I'm actually live on LinkedIn. Hello, everyone. Okay, let's get started. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, this is training number five. If you missed any of the earlier trainings, please do let me know. I'm more than happy to share my training with you. And also, I'm um, and uh, where is hold on, hold on, hold on. I have uh. I'm looking for this to erase my board. So also for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm going to discuss in a second. Okay, let me, let's get started. So I'm going to share five major lessons from you. And number one is this. So this is uh, the, my number one lesson. Children are hardwired to learn. Hey, Nancy, so great to see you. Children are hardwired to learn. Okay, so here I'm talking about children. I'm generally referring to students in K-12 and college age. So I call all of them children. And from, uh, you know, from like uh, first grade to college age student. And uh, so those of you who don't know me, I taught in the classroom for 10 plus years. I got my master's degree from Syracuse. I got my PhD from the University of Maryland. Both of them are in the United States. And a few years into my teaching career, and I was like, wow, this century-old educational model is broken, is not working. And uh, students are very disengaged in my earlier trainings I already talked about this. For example, the high uh, rate of disengagement among students and younger students, they are more engaged than older students. So the older they become, the less engaged they are. And uh, also research has shown, which I also discussed in my earlier trainings, how creativity actually decreases 
as children become more educated, and also how academic performance is actually inversely related to innovation orientation. So in other words, the higher the academic performance or the higher the grade, the less likely that a student is to innovate. Uh, I also talked about some of my favorite books, why A students work for C students, B students work for the government. But anyway, we discussed all of those things in the earlier trainings, but I discovered and um, the education model is broken. But back then, before I became an entrepreneur, before I started building my own school, and before I decided to really try my best to crack the code on education. So I and many of my friends, and we tend to ask ourselves this question, which is, what is wrong with our students? And uh, fast forward to today, you know, after I started building my own school and after I became an education consultant and after I really studied um, education, and now I ask myself a much, much better question, which is what is wrong with today's education? I truly believe, now since I believe, I'm convinced that children are hardwired to learn. They love, love learning, but it is the way that we are teaching students that is wrong. And it is not that our children don't enjoy learning. They love learning. But the way that we are teaching our children to learn, the way that we are evaluating our students, that is very wrong. Why did I say that? So after I started building my own school and I see transformation in my students within a matter of 10 days, I'm going to show you a quick video and in a few minutes, and also my own children, uh, they are very young, five years old and eight years old. And last year, oh, my eight years old just turned nine. So last year he was seven and he started complaining about school, right? Mommy, daddy, I don't want to go to school. This is so boring. I'm not learning anything. So my husband and I, we decided to homeschool our children. And guess what? Nowadays, we have to ask our children to stop learning. That's how much they love learning. And last year, and we were asking the same question. What is wrong with you? Why don't you enjoy learning? Why do you want to go to school? Blah, blah, blah. The things that parents typically say to our children. So we question our children instead of question, uh, questioning the system. So that's my very first takeaway after teaching in the classroom for 10 plus years, I shifted from talking about the students, how broken they are, how entitled they are to talk about the educational system, how broken the system is. And uh, so I'm going to show you a quick video clip, but before I show you that video clip, and I want to share with you one of my favorite quotes, which is, when a flower doesn't bloom, uh, you fix the environment in which the flower grows. Okay, so let me say that again. When a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which the flower grows. And how powerful it is that, right? We don't fix the flower, but we fix the environment. That's how I think about education. And flowers are like our children. When our children are not thriving, when they are not doing well, we don't just label, right, ADHD, you know, trouble A students, C students, B students. We don't just label our children, but actually we examine the environment in which our children grow and learn. So that is like my very first point. And I want to show you a quick video to show you how students at my school and after a matter of 10 days, they are like a new person. And uh, we have quite a few people. Hello, my friend, Golai. And hello, Mary. And thank you so much for being here live right now. So great to see you all. I'm so excited. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, this is my training number five. And I did a few other trainings earlier. So you, if you missed 
any of my earlier trainings, uh, please uh, let me know in the comment section and I'm going to share the replay link with you. And I want to share a, a video with you. So after I resigned from my associate professor position at my university, and I decided to build my own school. So at my school, we follow a blended learning model. And, um, and so a big part is actually online. And uh, another part of this is actually uh, in-person. So last year, we actually did the in-person component in Singapore. So I'm going to show you a quick video and you will see like how students are actually changing themselves from the inside out. It's not to just uh, brag about my program, but I happen to know my program the best. So I want to use that as an example. Those of you, if you are still asking the same question that I used to ask a few years ago, which is what is wrong with our students? I hope the video that I'm going to show you will change you to start to really question the educational system in which our children grow. So let me share my screen with you real quick. So this is video, uh, this video is based on the in-person component of my program that we did last year. And I don't know if I'm going to uh, show the entire video. Let me see. Let me know in the comment section if you want to watch the entire video or only part of it. I do want you to hear the reflection part from the students. I want to create such an environment where students they can mingle with like-minded people, where they may become their future business partners. With a classroom without walls, Alexander has come out of his shell. I've learned a lot of lessons, not just from the speakers, but from myself as well and the other students to grow as a person and adapt to become a new young entrepreneur. What I loved is he interacted with the coaches and mentors. He stepped up and was happy to talk to them and ask them questions. And you could see his brain like a sponge. Like, hey, teach me more, teach me more. No wrong or right question. It's just you ask it, you learn from it, and then you get more feedback from it. I've definitely gained a lot more confidence being around like-minded people and having friends who actually share similar passions that are really driven. That changes your mindset. There's been a lot of information, a lot of interactions with the other students and the other parents and adults and a lot of contacts being built. We also adopt a mixed age model and the older children here, the younger children here, the younger one, they look up to the older kids, the older kids, they can copy what the speakers are doing. They can coach the younger generation. I'm, I'm not afraid to say, I actually was watching the same because he's sitting there with his kids. Who gets that chance? And I would definitely recommend Classroom Without Walls to any parent who wants to see their children be their best selves and who wants to also support their children through the journey, because it's the journey that is really bringing out who they are as human beings. I'll tell you this, I've learned so much more than I would have in a whole year of being in secondary. In the course of me being here in the last 10 days, I've learned more than maybe the last two years of me being in a business class. In the immersion program in Singapore, classroom without walls, I can literally say it's changed my life big time. They start to see that box. This is the box that has constructed my identity, my self-limited beliefs, and what I think is true and not true. But once you see that box, that's the very first step to deconstruction, to unlearn, and then reconstruction and relearn and build something new. And once they see that, they are on their journey to become powerful, to become 
So that's kind of a reflection and you will hear. I hope you enjoyed watching the video. Let me know what you think about the video in the comment section. But you can see the students, right? They learned so much more by being in outside the classroom environment within a matter of a few days, 10 days, half a month, than how much they learned in a traditional classroom. So that's my first point. Children love learning. It is not you know, like it's time that we actually question the system as opposed to question our students and label our students. So that's my first takeaway I want to share with you after teaching in the classroom for 10 plus years. And now I'm going to share my second. This came to me as a shocker. So I discovered how important it is to actually, uh, thank you so much, Derek. I discovered how important it is to actually understand, have some basic understanding about neuroscience, okay? My master's degree is in, um, in public relations, communication, and later social media, and my uh, my doctorate, my PhD is also in the same field. And I think that is another missing link in education. If educators are teachers and we have to learn how our brain works, right? So as students, they have to tap into their brain to learn something. So if we want to be effective at delivering content and facilitating transformation in our students, we have to first understand how our brain works. And this understanding this is such a big aha moment for me because finally I can say I understood how to teach in a way that students are meant to learn. And I recently uh, become certified by brain-centric design. So they are a company you should definitely check them out. If you want an introduction, let me know. I know the founders, the CEOs really, really well. And uh, being certified by them really tells me how to teach in a way that students are designed to learn and the importance of neuroscience. So I'm going to share some basic understanding about this. Hi, Janice from Jamaica. So great to see you. So I'm going to... Uh, let me share my banner here. So for people who are doing this right now, you know that what I'm talking about, I'm sharing uh, some five key lessons that I learned from being in the classroom, teaching in that classroom for 10 plus years. And, um, and uh, so neuroscience, right? Do you actually know? Do you actually know that human beings, we actually have three brains? Not just one, but actually three. And understanding those three brains that we have will make a huge difference in terms of learning and teaching, okay? So I'm going to show you uh, a picture because I'm not really good at drawing. So I think the best way for you to see the three brains, let me know in the comment section, have you ever heard of this? Do you actually know that human beings, we actually have three brains? And uh, so let me uh, share my brain. <laughs> Don't share my brain. Let me share my screen with you. So as you can, you can see from the picture here, and uh, I'm like not, uh, like I'm not a neuroscientist, but I, I know the basics. So we have three brains and uh, let me make this picture larger. So we actually have three brains as human beings 
And uh, those three brains are uh, the first one, the highest level is the neocortex and the middle, which is our thinking brain. And uh, the, the middle level, the limbic brain, which is our emotional, our feeling brain. And uh, the last one, the lowest level is the reptilian. The reptilian brain is our being, our like basic human body functions, uh, instincts, fight, flight, you know, when there's a lion chasing us and we enter that fight and flight right away without going through the thinking, oh my God, I'm being chased by a tiger. What should I do? It's time to run or it's time to do something. So when there is a big danger or threat out there and you automatically enter the reptilian brain, it's time for you to fight and flight within a second. And you don't really think about it. So those are the three brains that human being have. So why is this important? And I want you to pay attention to the second one, the limbic brain. Okay, let me stop my, my screen sharing. And uh, hold on, I, I think I see a comment here. So limbic brain, okay. Uh, the first one is the neocortex. And the second one is the limbic brain. And uh, within the second one, the limbic brain. Oh, do I have one from the Philippines? Oh my goodness, thank you so much for doing me live. And the second one is the limbic brain. And this is really, really critical. So what is limbic brain, which is serves as um hold on so the neocortex is the thinking brain and the limbic brain is the feeling the emotional brain and this is a very critical what i'm about to share with you i hope will give you an aha moment because when I first discovered this, this gave me a big aha moment, okay? And I want to introduce you to another concept. It's called amygdala. I don't know if you can see clearly with the reflection from the mirror, I'm going to fix this soon. And this is called amygdala. So what amygdala, does amygdala is a part of the limbic uh, brain system so uh, amygdala or sometimes people that call this amy so what amy does is an emotional filter and uh, so when you receive information you know your brain receives information the information has to go somewhere in the brain so that's what amygdala does so it's an emotional filter and uh, the uh, the amygdala will determine where the information information actually goes into which part of the brain. So this is uh, where this gets really interesting. So normal information when you are in a relaxed state, like right now, I hope I'm saying something that is useful to you. So right now you are listening to me to talk about something and you are in a, I assume, in a relaxed state. So amygdala is interpreting uh, what I'm saying and is sending the information to the neocortex the executive functioning, the thinking, the logical, you are learning and your brain is like wired, fired up. And uh, so you are you are doing that. But when there is stress, when there is a fear, guess what's going to happen? So when there's a stress, when there's fear, an amygdala is going to send the information to the lower part of the brain, which is uh, what I mentioned earlier, the reptilian, brain, which is the fight and the flight, okay? So when you think about it, why the implication is so profound, when you think about it, when our students enter a building or enter a classroom, right? Especially if there is an exam on that day, uh, if they don't like the teacher and they automatically enter a fearful state. So when they are in that fearful state, it, amygdala or amy is interpreting that and is sending that information to a fight and a flight state as if 
the student were being chased by a tiger or lion, right? And so nowadays we don't have lots of physical threats in our life, but we do have lots of psychological state. So when amygdala is being activated or is being hijacked, it's not the time to learn something. It's not the time to learn a new skill. It's not the time to be creative. It's the time to fight or flight or freeze. Okay, that is the state many of my, our students are in. Think about it. When I first discovered this, I was like, oh my God, right? And uh, we, our students are so afraid of us. And how can they learn every information that they're, every piece of information that they're receiving and that information, let me share my screen again. And that information is entering It's entering the lower part of the brain, which is the reptilian brain, the fight, flight, or survival. Okay, so what I said earlier, amygdala is a part of the limbic brain system, the emotional. So an uh, emotional filter, like you know, good information, kind of safe information, send it to the the, the frontal lobe and uh, the neocortex. You know, I'm learning something, I'm taking notes, I'm developing, I'm enjoying this for fear, stress, threat they get to send to the lower part of the brain, which is to fight or flight. And that is exactly why the because many students are in that fight and flight state. When they are in that fight and flight state, it's not the time for them to learn a new skill. And we have to eliminate uh, like stress, threats in the classroom. And that's why it is so, so, so important and for us to create that safe learning environment in the classroom and if you are this is really relevant if you are uh, a teacher especially if you are a parent so right now everyone is doing homeschooling right now and we we, we we teach our children so if your children are always afraid of you and if you are always like screaming and yeah hey i told you listen if you are always yelling and screaming at your children, your children, Amy, amygdala in their limbic brain is like activated and is sending that information to the fight and flight. And they are not, you know, like chemically, they are not ready to learn a new skill, especially to be creative. And uh, so one of my favorite person when it comes to creativity is Duncan Wardle. And he's the former VP of innovation at Disney. And I had the great honor to interview him a few months ago. If you want to check out that interview, also let me know in the in the comment section. And uh, so on that podcast, and uh, we talked about creativity. So uh, Duncan Wardle is an expert on innovation and creativity. So he did a study and he asked, I forgot, you know, thousands of people, and they asked him, Hey, uh, where were you when you gained your last most creative idea? And I want to ask everyone join me live right now. Where were you when you gained your last most creative idea? Let me know in the chat box. Where were you? And so people answered, you know, shower, taking a walk, and uh, like uh, doing yoga and being on vacation or like sleeping or half asleep, that state, lucid dreaming state. But listen to this, nobody mentioned at work, right? So most people, when they go to work, they're like, you know, oh my God, I'm afraid of my boss. I'm afraid to make a mistake. I'm afraid, like fear. When you have, when you are in that state and your uh, neocortex, the executive functioning part of your brain, the thinking brain, is not working that well. So if you want to have your thinking brain work effectively to maximize its potential, and uh, you, you, you just cannot be in that state of being afraid, being fearful, okay? So reading a book, exactly, right? Like not exactly when we are at work. So that's what Duncan Wardle discovered. And uh, nobody ever told him after talking to thousands of people, 
where they gained their most creative idea was actually at work. Nobody mentioned that because that's not how we function as human being. Remember what I shared earlier, amygdala? And when you are in that fearful state, that's not for you to be creative. So if that is our case, think about our children. How can we force them, you know, hey, it's time for you to learn. It's time for you to be creative. Why are you so bad at math? And uh, listen, if you don't do this, you cannot pass the exam. If you don't pass the exam, there's no uh, cupcake waiting for you, blah, 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 right? External reward or punishment. And we are, the more that we do those things, the more that we're killing our children's joy in learning, the more that we're taking away their agency in, joy, uh, in learning. Isn't that profound? And I wish I knew this before I started my teaching career. And now after I discovered this, I really have to thank brain-centric design. And also I'm now an advocate. I think every parent, every teacher, every mom, dad, your school teacher should learn some basics about neuroscience and how our brain is wired up and how children are meant to learn. So I hope you enjoyed this point. That's my uh, second point. And I'm going to wrap this up in, 50, uh, in 10 minutes. So number three, uh, what, has, uh, what has teaching in the classroom taught me about, um, about oh, uh, sorry, wrong link. What has teaching in the classroom taught me about life and uh, education and the success? Number three, So kind of following up on what I shared earlier, here is another concept that I discovered and um, which is a neuroplasticity. And so what this means is that our brain is highly plastic, right? And what that means is that we can literally learn to rewire our brain, right? I have heard stories of people who have all sorts of, you know, um, problems or they can't do this they can't do that but they really they can't walk and uh, they have learning disabilities and after they learned how to really tap into the power of their brain they literally rewired their brain so i discovered how important this is do you actually know especially this is especially relevant if you have uh children uh young age uh younger than eight So eight years old, before our children turned eight years old, and this is uh, really critical for you to understand. So before eight years old, everything that we as teachers, as you know, primary caretakers, as parents, whatever that we tell our children before eight years old, everything goes into our children's subconscious mind, okay? So for those of you who don't know, our conscious mind is 5%, subconscious mind is 95%. So before eight years old, our children, they don't have any ability to practice critical thinking, analytical skills. So if you are watching this right now, if you have younger children, younger than eight, you have to be really, really careful about the way that you are talking to your children, and because everything that we tell our children, our children take it in and send it to our, their subconscious mind. And that stays with our children forever, unless you learn how to rewire the brain, how to reprogram the brain. So our children take everything that we tell them as the capital T, truth. And uh, they take it as the capital F, fact. Right. So if you say to your children, I'm sure you can relate to me, like because I myself were being labeled by my teachers, by my uh, parents. And if they say something, you are so bad at math. Uh, you are just a troublemaker. You are so fat. You are so thin. You are so stupid, whatever. And when you tell your children that they will take it in as, yes, I am. Those become their self limiting beliefs self-sabotaging behaviors and they will take that with them forever uh, it's like how computer programming works you know when you press enter 
and a series of program runs the same. Uh, when there are triggers, our children will enter that negative state, which can be traced back to everything happens to the kid before eight years old. So it is really important for them to understand neuroplasticity and how flexible and how plastic our brain is. And just like when we, we can do the damage, we can also undo the damage. We can do the mind programming. We can also uh, unprogram the mind. And uh, so my personal favorite ways is, which I teach students at my own school, a classroom without walls. And we do journaling, very important journaling. We also do uh, uh, visualization and learn how to create their life and dream about their future. And, uh, and we also do positive affirmation. So let's say that something really bad happened to my, my student today. And I will ask the student to learn and to write on, a, on their journal. I see the way that they wanted the thing to happen the way they want it, you know, like kind of rewire their brain, rewire the scenario a little bit and retell the story on their journal, the way that they wanted the story to unfold. I hope this is making sense. So then we are actually training our brain muscle to build our brain muscles neuroplasticity it is highly plastic just like a play-doh you can mold it into different shapes unfortunately they don't learn this and uh they don't learn this in the traditional classroom but it is so 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 important and i my own children and um, every day they wake up in the morning they will actually practice imagination visualization positive affirmation and uh, we also do vision board how you want to design your life all those are very very important so that's Point number three, what I learned and after teaching the classroom for 10 plus years is how plastic our brain is. And point number four, oh, where is my, Success is actually an inside-out journey. You know, I have many parents who come to me, hey, doctor, I, I want my children to be really successful. I want them to be ready for their future. I want them to go to Ivy League school. To me, it's just checking the box, right? A list of things to check. But true success and true happiness actually comes from the inside. And I have met so many students. I have worked with so many students who are, you know, they checked all the boxes, Ivy League school 4.0, but guess what? Inside who they are is paralyzed. Inside who they are is a hot mess. Outside, everything looks amazing. Inside is totally the opposite. So parents need to understand and educators need to understand success is an inside out journey. The more we transform the inside, the more we transform the outside. And outside is like a mirror reflecting what is inside, okay? And uh, which is really important. And talking about a mirror, I forgot to mention in one of my earlier points, it is so important for parents or whoever our children, uh, your children's primary uh, take uh, caretaker is, it's so important for them to model the behaviors that they want to see in their children. In other words, if you are telling your children to work hard and the only thing you do every day is to watch or binge watching Netflix, then guess what? Children, they have a mirror neuron. So which means that our children will actually copy our behaviors. I don't know if you have ever read the studies of you know families, their pets, you know, dogs, cats will actually pick up the disease that human beings in the house have, we are in the same energy field. So for, for your own children, whatever you want them to do, you have to be the change that you want to see in your own children. Anyway, this is kind of a side topic, but success is an inside out journey, you know, and my favorite, um,
my favorite um uh, thought leader. Hold on, let me. I don't know if you can see this clearly. My favorite thought leader on this topic is Daniel Pink. And you know, talking about our intrinsic desire to learn, this inside out journey. And he talks about this on learning, like to have that intrinsic motivation, we need three key factors, mastery, autonomy, and purpose, right? We have our children have a little bit uh, mastery. You know, I learned something, I, I, I conquered a problem. They do not have enough autonomy and they definitely do not have a sense of purpose. Why am I learning what I want to learn? What do I want to do? What is my interest in life? And uh, it's absolutely missing. So again, here talks about that inside out journey. You know, success is an inside out journey. So my business, after I quit my job, started to build my school, Classroom Without Wars. And uh, like the first year I was struggling, but later my business has grown a lot. The biggest change that I made in my business is actually that I started to go within, you know, asking and identifying my core values and building that alignment between my business and who I am as a human being and identify my core values, identify my, my personality, identify my strengths, my weaknesses. So going within is so important. If you want your children, if you want, um, again, I'm talking about children in a very generic term, you know, K-12, middle school, high school to college age, and even young professional, because I have worked with so many students who join my program, they are just lost. And they have no idea what they want to do. But I want to say this, it is not our children's fault. Because when you think about education, throughout their learning journey and uh, everything's given to our children right here is a standardized curriculum here's a standardized workbook here's a standardized exam do this right but nobody is standardized why are we forcing our children to use a standardized curriculum it does not work i only have two children and uh, but i want to tell you every kid is different they learn very differently they have different interests so it is so 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 important right to go within to identify their purpose what makes them interested what are their interests how do they prefer to learn Right. And uh, so identify that purpose will make a big difference. And um, so a quick example. Right. And you are probably looking for an example. <laughs> I agree. And uh, so oh, thank you for the exactly right. So I already I discussed the neuroscience and uh, also going back. I don't have enough time. And if you want to talk about like meditation, you know, I do. Oh, and I also do meditation. Neuroplasticity is so important, right? Like stretching and learning how to rewire our brain and how to like design our life based on a vision of the future, right? How can we unprogram the old program, especially before eight years old? I'm not sure about your parents. My parents and my teachers told me lots of negative things about me now i internalize it but i had to really go through this process to i forgot to mention talking about neuroplasticity and one thing that i practice with my own children is a i am statement i am enough i am beautiful i am magical i am good enough to actually literally rewire their brain from whatever damage that they have received okay so where am i <laughs> Anyway, success is an inside out journey and you want your children. Oh, yeah. So the example I wanted to share was I grew up in China. I'm a very, uh, not very, I'm a first generation immigrant uh, to the United States. And I came to the U.S. Uh, in my early 20s, uh, 21 years old. Uh, I came here to graduate school to study. So before this, I grew up in China. And when I was young, and my parents just like probably just like every single parent, and they ask uh, their own children to do this, you know, learn piano, this, this, and that. My parents forced me to do so many things. One of them is to learn English. I was like, no, why do I have to learn English? Nobody is speaking English. And the only language I needed was Chinese in China. 
I don't want to learn English. I had no interest in learning English. But fast forward, and so after I graduated from uh, primary school, and by the time I was middle school, you know, I I really don't like Chinese educational system. I hated it. I hated learning. Uh, I was like, wow, I need to go abroad. I just cannot stand the way that I was being taught as a student in China. So I discovered, you know, I was looking on the globe, looking at the map. I discovered if you study in the United States, people actually give you a scholarship. I was like, yes, I need to go abroad. Guess what? If I want to study in the United States, I have to learn English. So all of a sudden, I have that purpose to learn English finally. And uh, I asked my parents, hey, mommy, daddy, I need to learn this. Send me to classes, learn from teachers. I even went to the park, like went to different parks uh, in China, in Beijing. And I practiced, you know, oral English with like foreigners. Uh, it was such an incredible journey. So again, purpose. Purpose is very, very missing in many students' learning journey. And I wish I discovered this earlier because before whilst teaching, I thought teaching is only about educating the brain, right? Big, big, that's wrong, a big wrong. And uh, teaching is really about to inspire the heart and to inspire the heart to, to uncover, to help our children uncover their strengths and talents, okay? So last, I need to finish this up, almost an hour. Thank you so much for staying with me. Uh, number five is a uh, lifelong learning. And I see myself as a lifelong student. And uh, traditionally, and uh, even as a, a college professor, I thought the only way for people to learn is actually go to a school, go to a classroom. I think many parents and many students still have that perception. Unless I'm sitting in a classroom, I'm now learning. And that's maybe the case a few years ago, but definitely in today's digital economy, with the internet, you do not have to go to a physical classroom. And in fact, everyone watching this right now, I hope you are learning something from me. And I hope I'm sharing something that is adding value to your life. And in fact, at Classroom Without Walls, we believe the best education actually happens outside the classroom. So it's really important for our students to understand that the best education happens outside the classroom. Um, I am an advocate for using social media as a learning tool, as a way to build one's career readiness, right? That's kind of what I'm doing here. So one model that I really love is So this is a model that I repeat at my own school and with my own children, which is learn, reflect, and create, or slash teach. If you want to know if your children have actually internalized the information or knowledge, ask them to teach you. So learn, reflect, and teach. And we have, I use a three, a powerful reflection questions that I learned from brain-centric design. And those three reflection questions include what was surprising about what you have just learned? And number two is what is something that you already knew, but now you are looking at it differently? And number three is what do you still need help with? So every time after a learning session is over, we do the reflection questions. And then I ask my own children and my own students at Classroom Without Walls to teach me and to create. Creation is the highest uh, form of learning, you know, really practice their cognitive development. A quick example, recently I just finished my three months life accelerator program. So one student at my program and uh, I coach her to launch a podcast. And uh, so I was her very first guest. And after the podcast, her mom sent the podcast, the episode, one episode to quite a few friends. 
And out of that one single episode, she got a job. She's now the the director of marketing at a company. Pretty amazing, right? So anyway, that's the training I have for you today, and I have been sharing on my screen. I do have a workbook that comes with the training, and today's training number five. And next week, the same time, I'm going to interview some of my students to share with you learning their experience of learning outside the classroom. And uh, and uh, I'm also if you are everything I share so far is what we discuss at my own school. We cover new media literacy. We cover life skills. We cover mindset so that they can be ready for the future. So if you are interested、uh, in enrolling in my three months life accelerator program, please send me a message or leave a comment in the chat box. I'd love to have a chat with you to transform your children from the inside out. I have lots of testimonials on my LinkedIn page, on my website. Feel free to check it out. And、uh, I hope you are enjoying today's training. And、uh, again, and uh, and uh, again, if you are,、uh, if you are,、uh, if you joined me late, this is my training number five. If you missed my earlier training, please feel free to、uh, to write a comment in. To write replay in the comment section, I will make sure to share the replay link with you. For those of you who don't know me, and I also host two different live streaming podcasts, like video by interview format, every Wednesday tomorrow, and、uh, at five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And、uh, that show focuses on social media marketing, entrepreneurship, and business. And every Friday, that show focuses on education. We discuss, debate, and disrupt education. So feel free to check out one of my shows or both of my shows. And I also come here on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this hour to do solo training to share with you what I have learned and also to share my program. If you are interested in the program or if you know other parents. Who are interested in sending their children and learning in a non-traditional、uh, manner and in a more holistic, inside-out manner, and send them to my program? Yes, and ah,、uh, oh. thank you so much, Jerry, and that means so much to me. And、uh, yes, I'm going to. I have another meeting in、uh, four minutes. And after I finish my meeting, I will send the replay links of the old videos. So thank you so much, everyone. I hope to see you.、Uh, if you are interested in、uh, more of my solo training, so come join me next Tuesday. I will interview some of, some of my students. If not, join my interview live streaming shows on every Wednesday and every Friday. So sending you a big hug. Be well. Stay future ready. The best education happens outside the classroom. Cheers.